1: Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
0: Shop now at DietzandWatson.com slash the right way.
1: That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way.
0: I'm Molly. (laughs) Sorry, I really sprung that on you.
1: I forgot we were recording. And I'm Matthew.
0: And I and I spill <laughs> the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any.
1: You're you're that that thing. Uh-huh. Okay, I am the show. You can't fire me, <laughs> says Molly. Um, and today we're talking about French dips. Oh, I got roast beef between my teeth. Yeah, me too.
0: Ew. Okay, mm-hmm. we're talking about French dips. <laughs> it shows off to a range. Of
1: stuff. Yeah, Molly's like, let's start the episode when we're half done eating the sandwich. Well,
0: I know that our listeners expect. Poor, poor eating etiquette from us Mm -hmm. when it comes to the microphone and chewing. And so I wanted to deliver. Uh, So this episode was suggested by listener Lisa.
1: Thank you, listener Lisa. Mm -hmm.
0: Prior to like two minutes ago, I'd never had a French dip. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to borrow my spouse's memories Mm. from my memory lane.
1: Do you do that using, like, a like a mind spelunking <laughs> device? That's
0: right. Uh, no. Last night, as we were getting into bed, I was like, okay, babe, well, uh, I'm going to get up. I got to do some research on French dip sandwiches. And Ash was like, mmm. Mm-hmm. Those were, like, a regular thing in my family's dinner rotation. Sure. I love them. And then Ash said that once their family even found, like, packaged French dips at Costco. Hmm. And I I mean, I asked some questions on how Mm, this would work. Yeah. Like, was it like a sandwich that was already made and you warm it up? And then was there like a little cup of jus next to it? And Ash goes, no, it's au jus sauce. Yeah. And then we had to stop talking or we were going (laughs) to kill each
1: other. I think we're going to be able to like pick up right where that left off. Mm
0: Hmm. mm Hmm. What's on your memory lane?
1: So I definitely had this a couple times when I was a kid because it was like a thing you would see at a certain type of restaurant. That was like a sandwich that didn't have mayo on it. Mm. And so I was and and was like warm. So I was intrigued and I liked it. I didn't have it often.
0: This is so interesting. So something that I've often noted because of my proximity to my spouse is that I'm not drawn to warm sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Ash, so attracted to a warm sandwich. Mm-hmm. I mean, my spouse loves a hot sandwich and I I kind of like don't like the smell of a hot sandwich. I, I don't. I would never I think to sandwich. order a hot sandwich. I find it a strange idea. But maybe maybe my spouse had more, like, indo- ever... indoctrination into hot sandwiches as a kid than I did. Do really you ever have
1: didn't... a nightmare where you're at a Quiznos? <laughs> yeah, I thought so.
0: Are those all hot? I think so. Really? hmm I just find a hot sandwich to be a weird idea. Is it? But I feel like it's, like, something that shows up on, like, airplanes.
1: It is something that shows up on airplanes.
0: Yeah, and I picture the smell of it. Ugh. But anyway, I mean, is that
1: the best no. version of a hot sandwich that you're no. going to get? Yes, it is.
0: I mean, that said, I love a hot dog. I love a hamburger. I do mm-hmm. think those are hot sandwiches. So, I don't know. I'm full of contradictions.
1: So, I used to be in a band called Bad Sandwiches. Really? hmm Briefly.
0: Okay, well, so hold on. How did French Dips reenter your world after okay. childhood?
1: So, a few years ago... Watzel and Totsy, the other members of my family, went uh, to visit some friends of theirs in Colorado. I stayed home. They had French dips for dinner one night uh, at uh, at their friend's house, okay. and, uh, and December thought this was great, and asked, uh, when uh, when they got home, December asked, like, can I make French dips? And I was like, yeah, I assume so. I've never done it. And so I Googled and immediately uh, pulled up a, uh, a Rachel Ray recipe, which is the French dip recipe that I've been making ever since. And I don't make them often, but a couple times a year. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my memory lane. Here we are. Mm -hmm.
0: I have felt mildly skeeved by the thought of dipping a sandwich in something, although I do like grilled cheese and tomato soup. But as we discussed on a long ago episode, I'm not like a natural dipper there either.
1: Okay, yeah, Um, I think I'm more of a natural dipper, even though there are so many dips that I don't like. I know. But you are,
0: despite the fact that you're condiment phobic. You're better about like mixing flavors and mixing things on your plate than I am. I don't That's like that. True.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, you have a Show, little Lori... bit
0: of ground. You have a little bit of beef between your front teeth yeah. and it's like flapping around every time you talk.
1: And I can't Did I get stand it? looking at yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Wife of the Show Lori is more in your camp about like mixing things on the plate.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well. So uh, I guess that um, you
1: established a camp for this, right?
0: I did. <laughs> I did.
1: Like a summer uh, does, camp.
0: But but does does Watson like camping? Because at my camp, more than camping. more
1: than I do, I think.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, so let's talk about what a French dip is. Yes, I did please. the research for this. I'm
1: so glad you did.
0: And I truly felt that I was going in with a blank slate, mm-hmm. and that blank slate was me.
1: Okay. What did you find?
0: Um. So uh, a French dip is also known as a beef dip.
1: Can I can I take a guess? About about this because I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. My guess is this was invented in the U.S. in either the 20s or the 50s. You don't have to tell say right now whether I'm right.
0: Okay, it was was invented in the U.S. Uh, When it was invented is kind of uh, debatable. Sure, yeah, of course. But it's it's probably between 1908 and 1918.
1: Okay, so So a little earlier than you thought.
0: So it's also known as a beef dip, according to Wikipedia and some people. It's basically a hot sandwich that consists of thin sliced roast beef on a a baguette or like a French style roll. Yeah. Would you just say for a minute what you're looking for when you go to the grocery store to get the bread for this?
1: Yeah. So I want I want a roll that is that looks like it was cut from a baguette, but not like a good baguette. Got so, it. like something, something probably made in the supermarket bakery. So, okay. it's going to have like a very soft, fluffy crumb and a crispy, but not too crispy crust.
0: Got it. Okay. Uh, sometimes Swiss cheese is included in this sandwich and, okay, and onions, that. That sounds um, good. but, but the basics is just thin sliced roast beef on All right. this French roll. And it's served with a small bowl of beef broth, which is in theory made during the cooking of the beef. And in yeah, this case, that's not what
1: happened here
0: in this case, it, or, you know, if it's made during the cooking of the beef, like the culinary term for it would be J-U-S, J-U-S uh-huh. which would be like the beef juices i I, i've been trying to tamp down my snobbiness and not get into the uh corruption of the french language that has happened with the no but let's get into it this is is, is a bowl
1: of au jus
0: that's right. That is what it's called in the US, a bowl of au jus. So au jus in French means with broth or mm-hmm. with like juices.
1: Yeah. So it's like a sandwich au jus.
0: Yes. And it so it's not it's not a noun, it's a preposition and a noun.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Thank Whereas you.
0: Whereas in English au jus or au jus has come to be like a noun just yeah. a, one, a one word noun basically Yeah, or, or it
1: can be au jus sauce
0: that's right my spouse insists that it is au jus sauce
1: yep i think i agree that sounds fine to me i
0: hate this so <laughs> much i hate it so anyway sometimes you will see on a menu that uh like people will call it like sandwich with jus but most of the time in the US which is where this sandwich originated which I'll talk about in a minute mm-hmm. it may be described on a menu as like um french dip like a sandwich with au jus yeah yeah i hate that
1: i like it <laughs> i hate it i yeah i i will go like like you know toe to toe with the uh, with the members of the uh, academy française and we're going to we're going to like fight i guess
0: but uh, like okay all right. I'm, I'm going to stop here. Great. All right. So, French dips are an American invention and the name likely refers to the the style of bread.
1: So, it wasn't it wasn't invented in France where where it was originally called a Deep Francais. (laughs) That's right.
0: Deep (laughs) Francais. Okay. Uh, So when it was originally developed, it was not served with the jus, according to Wikipedia.
1: Okay. Wait a minute. And we're
0: going to get into this. Okay. Okay,
1: okay. Let's get into this.
0: (laughs) So first, we're going to talk a little bit about about the two Mm. L.A. restaurants that have claimed the birth of the French dip sandwich. Okay. Okay. One is called Cole's Pacific Electric Buffet.
1: Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> right? All right. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So what is, is does it, an electric buffet just mean that like it was like served on like electrified? Do you think like, I really what?
0: went further into it than just the name? But I love that you think I did.
1: I'm, I'm imagining them like trying to plug food into a socket.
0: <laughs> and I, I see it kind of blinking on like right. neon. Mm-hmm. OK. The other L.A. restaurant is called Philippe the Original. I mean, <laughs>
1: what the hell? Who this, named these restaurants? This, do, ah. do either of these still exist?
0: I didn't find out. Okay, great. Okay. Philippe's website describes the dish as quote a specialty of the house and the words (laughs) home of the original French dip sandwich are present in the restaurant's logo. Okay,
1: so if they if they currently have a website that's close enough to still exist. Okay. Like I meant, did they go out of business in like night in the depression? No,
0: No, they didn't. They lived long enough for the internet to happen and maybe they're still living okay at Philippe's the roll is dipped in the hot beef juices before the sandwich is assembled and is served wet while at Coles, it is served with a side of beef juices it can also be requested double dipped which Wikipedia describes as both halves of the sandwich are dipped before serving
1: hmm what does that mean does that mean like at the one that dips it they usually dip only like the bottom of the sandwich (laughs) Or the t- the top? Maybe they dip the top of the sandwich so that the bottom like sort of stays intact. Nothing about this sandwich stays intact.
0: No, this, this, I, I don't understand. Let's just ignore this part. Okay. So both restaurants feature their own brand of spicy mustard that's traditionally used by patrons to complement the sandwich. And the controversy over who originated it, it remains unsolved. Coles claims to have developed the sandwich in 1908, which was the year it opened. Philippe's also opened in 1908, but Philippe's claims that its owner invented it in 1918
1: interesting that's a so, pretty wide range i know
0: 10 years yeah. same city two restaurants
1: it, do you think that the, the real story is just lost to history or like you know could someone go into like you know the la public library like the deep stacks and and figure out what happened. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure what they would be finding. According in the to
0: Wikipedia, the mystery of the sandwiches invention might not be solved due to a lack of information and observable evidence.
1: Okay. Wait, I have another idea. End Could quote. they talk to the ghosts of the, of the founders? I wonder if they've tried that. Yeah. Maybe get a medium involved. Yeah. Maybe a Ouija board.
0: So what is it the-
1: Ouija board or Ouija board? So when I was a kid, we always said Ouija board.
0: Yeah. It's pronounced or it's written Ouija board, but right. everybody always says Ouija board.
1: Okay. So like, let's get, Let's start hey, a let's, new segment
0: uh, the, uh, Let's get a Ouija board And use it on the show
1: Exactly So that when we get into One of these things Like who invented the, the BLT we can, we can ask the Ouija board Okay <laughs>
0: Let's do it. Let's expense it. Okay. okay. So I'm happy to report, Matthew, that the French dip has one of those stupid, accidental invention stories that I know you love. My favorite
1: thing. So yes, much. much. Like,
0: like Ruth Wakefield dropping a right. bar of chocolate so into her cookie I dropped, dough. I dropped
1: a sandwich into the grease trap. And, That's right. Right. And okay. I fished
0: it out and ate it. No, okay. According to Wikipedia, the story of the sandwich's invention by Philippe has several <laughs> variants. Some sources say that it was first created by a cook or server who while preparing a sandwich for a police officer or fireman okay accidentally dropped it into a pan of meat drippings the patron liked it and the dish surged in popularity shortly after its invention I'm not sure why can we pause
1: before we go on with this one like because I'm imagining I don't I'm I'm not don't really have a theory on the fireman well no no I do okay yeah why
0: do you think it's mentioned that it's a policeman or fireman so I think what
1: happened is they like looked up while making the sandwich and saw either a cop and were like "Ah." oh <laughs> or a fireman or like ah, fire um and uh, and dropped the sandwich because they thought they were going to get arrested and or there was a fire
0: but then they served the sandwich anyway which seems this right,
1: is like a do you want do like you a- want like a dropped sand like i i just dropped <laughs> this sandwich do you want it anyway like no
0: i mean this uh, this accidental origin story <laughs> seems very implausible to me i mean who serves a sandwich that you accidentally dropped
1: I mean, probably a lot of people, but not if they saw you drop. You, you would like in well, this case, you have to explain what happened.
0: But imagine if you ordered a grilled cheese sandwich and it came out and it was like dripping <laughs> with beef juices, and you were like, "What happened?" And they were like, "Oh, I dropped it in the meat drippings." But you
1: want it anyway, but I right? You like it anyway.
0: I mean, it seems like that's what they did here. It's just a beef sandwich that they did it. I'm
1: imagining you now like a one star Yelp review, like like I'm a fireman and I need to tell you what happened. <laughs> this restaurant. Okay. And I also need you to all know that I'm a fireman.
0: Oh, here here are some other accounts. <laughs> okay. Possibly a customer who didn't want the meat drippings to go to waste requested his sandwich be dipped in them. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. Still, others say that a chef dipped a sandwich into a pan of meat drippings after a customer complained that the bread was stale. Hmm. Now, this one's I, this was my favorite. It's wait, wait. wait, wait
1: but let's let's uh, let's talk about that one real okay, real quick. I feel like stale. this this is like a very passive aggressive chef. It's true. Like, like,
0: I'll show you. Yeah. I'll make this bread moist again. Right.
1: Like, you know, chew on this.
0: Okay, get ready. Cole's yeah. accounts state that uh, the sandwich was invented by a sympathetic chef named Jack Garlinghouse.
1: Good name. For a customer
0: who was complaining of sore gums.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> I like this one.
0: Oh, I love that. Some accounts tell Philippe's version of events, but assign the location to Cole's.
1: So first, so probably first he tried like pureeing the sandwich, <laughs> and then and then the customer was like, No, do you have any other ideas? <laughs> like, well, I have the sandwich that I dropped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that his name is Jack Garling Garling. House. It
1: sounds like Garlic House. I
0: know, isn't it right? great? It's also, very, it's a good like name. like Darling House. It's
1: it's like an old timey kind of yeah. name. That, like, are people still named Garling House? I hope so. I but hope it, so but too. it's too kind of hard to imagine. Hey,
0: if any of you are named Garling House. We have a listener Please named us,
1: Garlinghouse. That I would, would make me so, so happy.
0: I wonder if if listener Garlinghouse. <laughs> knows if this story is true and if they're maybe related to Jack
1: <laughs> wow you really jumped a bunch of steps ahead there, but yes okay. i would like to hear that from from Lister Garlinghouse who definitely exists
0: you know i'm going to remember this story the next time i have a dental cleaning with my like gum pocket measurement you know I where they poke that your so gums much. i had it like last tuesday uh-huh. and my mouth was just kind of sore yeah. for the rest of the day i needed jack garlinghouse to come make me a
1: French dip. Yeah. Did like after the success of the French dip, did did Garlinghouse like do like a whole series of foods? Like did it become known as like the sorghum's diner?
0: Because like, I mean, it's
1: like a real, it's like a serious issue that some people really need things that, uh, that, you know, are easy to chew and, or don't, uh, like irritate the mouth. And like, that could be your, your thing as at your diner. It could be. It could be. (laughs) totally allowed
0: oh I love this oh
1: Town Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay.
0: Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass.
1: Masterclass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing.
0: Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world.
1: Oh, come on. Really? The best in the world?
0: Yeah. Like, remember I watched those videos with uh with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right.
1: You And you have been sinking so many three. <laughs> since then it's ridiculous i just can't stop um okay well i took a class with hans zimmer film composer maybe you've heard of movies <laughs> such as the lion king mm-hmm. maybe you've heard of gladiator yep. the dark knight dune he did all of those I loved and dune. now he's teaching me how to do it like the art of making Has people feel to things to, to teach me yeah yeah because because i've got a master class subscription oh,
0: okay all right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Otolengi, you yeah. can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're 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 on MasterClass, yes, but private lessons he, from d-
1: these right. doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does.
0: That's right. So MasterClass makes all of this possible, and you get unlimited access to the very world's best teachers
1: and you will get 15 percent off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilled milk 15
0: get 15 percent off right now at masterclass.com slash spilled milk 15
1: masterclass.com slash spilled milk 15 so what did you think of your first are we done with history <laughs> yeah
0: okay i think you Good. So that
1: takes us up to like 1918. Like what happened since then?
0: I don't know. Okay. So Um,
1: how did you feel about your first ever French dip?
0: Okay. So I liked the effect of the beef broth dip more than I would have thought. Okay. I think without the beef broth, the sandwich would have been really like one note.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: I feel that maybe it could be improved with a little bit of cheese or onions.
1: Yeah, I think that would be good.
0: All in all, uh, I mean, it feels like something that I would order if I were like um, if you had sore gums, if I were like an old timey detective. Oh, I like eating in like a diner. I
1: absolutely like like
0: spying on someone over my newspaper.
1: And this like I mean, I think you would be um, a lot more uh, noticeable. Like I, if you're trying to be like stealthy, like mm-hmm. and you're like dipping and like slurping that at this sandwich, I think I think the person you're tailing is going to look over and be like, what's going on over there? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I, I'm imagining more like this is this is like the thing you need to do to like really mull over the, the, the oh, uh, yeah. evidence.
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like but this th- th- there's something about this that is so deeply Uncool.
1: It oh, absolutely. This is a deeply uncool It is so food. like such a dorky sandwich. It's yeah, it's
0: so unsexy.
1: Yeah, it's just like a it's like a pile of deli meat and and then you make a mess.
0: That's right. And um, or
1: it could be deeply sexy.
0: Well, here's a question for you. So this beef broth that you made is delicious, and I'm going to ask you more about of it course. in a minute. But do you not drink it after this?
1: You know, I like. Should it,
0: this seems really wasteful.
1: Pretty salty by itself, but it's good. Oh, but that's really good. Yeah, I love um, that. No, you're you're like the customer who didn't want them to waste the beef juices.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, love that. Yeah. All right. Um. So, what what's your feeling about the French dip?
1: Oh, I really enjoy it. Like I said, I don't make it very often, but it always feels like a treat when we have them for dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it's partly partly because it's like different from like stuff we usually have. And also like the dipping just makes it feel special.
0: And what do you serve it with?
1: It'll be like just with with a simple salad.
0: Okay, Yeah. I feel like it needs uh, it needs a vegetable component on the side. Yeah. Or
1: like like a roasted broccoli would be good. That would be
0: really nice. That would be great. And so tell me about this Rachel Ray Situation.
1: OK, so uh the thing that appealed to me about this was that it's it's very simple and uh, I got to buy a, a kind of Campbell soup that I'd never bought before and have never bought for any other reason.
0: OK, tell me so, about it.
1: It calls for two cans of Campbell's condensed beef consomme. And I was like, are they even going to have that at the store? I've never heard of that. Of course they do. And uh, you don't... Yeah, you don't reconstitute it. You use it condensed. And so here's how you make the the au jus sauce. You uh, saute some shallots in butter.
0: Ooh. You...
1: Add a uh, tablespoon of flour. Okay. Um, oh, well, first, first you uh, you deglaze with uh, with a little sherry or like because I don't usually have sherry around. I used uh, Shaoxing rice wine. Okay. Um, and then add a tablespoon of flour and cook it off for just a minute. and Make a quick roux and then whisk in the uh, beef broth and just bring it to bring it to a boil and uh, and you're ready to go.
0: But it it doesn't have a thickness
1: to it. No, I think just like a, a tiny bit of uh, of body of unctuousness
0: okay yeah because i didn't just feel like i was drinking a sauce
1: no and then uh, like when you're assembling the sandwich you you dip the meat well first of all you sprinkle the meat with um mccormick montreal steak seasoning what yeah i'll bring this over to the table and then you dip it quickly in the uh uh in the sauce before it goes in the bun
0: Oh, I bet that makes a world of difference. And I didn't even know I said bun, but it's a roll. And so did you like stack the beef, dip the whole stack and put it on the bun? Or did you do like slice by slice dipping?
1: In between. I did. I did it in like, you know, four mini stacks Mm. and they kind of shake it around a little bit. So it gets in between the layers just a little bit. You don't want the beef to like cook through.
0: Sure. Yeah. No, it was rare roast beef. Yeah. Which is nice. Oh, yeah.
1: And I just I just got like, you know, uh. Kroger, Kroger brand, uh, like London broil roast beef from the deli.
0: I noticed that you hollowed out the roll a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think I hollowed out a little more than I would have liked okay. uh, in retrospect. But I like I when I have a, a roll with like with like a really thick, uh, soft crumb, I don't I don't usually want all of that in my sandwich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: OK. Uh, well, that was delicious. Good. Can we link to the recipe? Of
1: course. I think it's on Food Network.
0: I thoroughly enjoyed that salty broth and I drank it right up. Yeah. And I love knowing that it's shallots. I was thinking like it really gives a certain kind of extra like um, sophistication. Yeah. And I
1: really it. do like the idea of putting like some some sauteed onions on the sandwich. Yeah. Um, I think I think cheese, I could kind of go either way. All the Swiss cheese sounds really good. OK, I will try that. Um, so, yeah, so if you're if you're like a, a meat sandwich kind of person and you've never and you've never made a French dip, give it a try.
0: Yeah. I mean, here we are in July. Nothing's, are you going
1: to make, make one for Ash now? I think June would probably love it. I think you should make this.
0: OK, I'll make this. Yeah, fine. Great. OK. All right. Hey, do we have any spilled mail?
1: We do. This, uh, this spilled mail is from listener Gwen, uh, and I think this was on the French bread pizza episode – Listener Gwen says, you mentioned packaging sometimes includes a foil-coated tray, which leads me to both an answer and a question. First, the answer, if you encounter a tray with instructions to cook in the provided tray, either microwave or oven, chances are it's been designed to improve the evenness of the cooking. I work with a lot of great people who test items like this every day. So let's let's pause here because, of course, I asked Gwen for more details about the people at work who test these items, oh. and, uh, and Gwen replied, yes, the company I work for also designs and manufactures them. I can't guarantee the one you saw was made by gpi however it is likely we call them microwave susceptors what so i could not believe that that listener gwen did not include the, the phrase microwave, microwave susceptors? susceptors in the original email I,
0: hold on i'm trying to unpack this phrase
1: i think they're like susceptible to absorbing microwaves and radiating radiating it back out as heat okay that's yeah. my guess okay I, I mean i'm not like mr etymology or anything
0: Okay. And, uh, and
1: the question is, which leads me to my question, what is your favorite food packaging and why? I think my answer to this is gonna be so obvious but nothing else even comes close. Do you do you wanna do you wanna guess what my answer is gonna be? I mean, one thing I was realizing as I was thinking about this is that it seems like there is so much food packaging that isn't very good.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, I'm thinking in particular of goldfish crackers and like Pepperidge Farm cookies. I mean, what is up? I love I love the paper bag, the foil inside, but the foil inside never like it never opens cleanly. You will always tear it. And also, you can't recycle the paper bag because it's like got foil glued to the inside of it.
1: Right? Yeah. The other one, I, you know, we talked about on uh, on last week's episode. These uh, like spicy spicy potato chips I've been eating. Like potato chip bags suck. They totally like, you know, suck. As I was opening it, like it tore down the middle. It's so and so I had to dumb. put it in a Ziploc bag.
0: Uh, hold on. Okay, I'm going to guess that your favorite food packaging is the like peel and stick top of an Oreo.
1: Oh, that's container. a really good one. That wasn't going to be it, but that is up there. That works so well. It
0: does work really well. Do Such you remember the design. first time? Remember when we were doing an Oreo episode and I just tore open the I end do. of the bag because yeah. I had never seen peel and stick?
1: And I, yeah, I was surprised because usually I'm the one who does something something horribly wrong on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, like how I cut the the watermelon weirdly. Oh, yeah. You're
0: never going to live yeah. that down.
1: No, but uh, yeah, that and plus, it shows you if someone's tampered with your Oreos, which is a problem that I have a lot. <laughs>
0: Okay, but wait, what's your favorite food packaging? It's
1: the uh, it's the onigiri from from a kombini. Oh yes, that, uh, you know the it is a multi layered plastic rice ball package where um, as you tear it open, the seaweed which was uh, sandwiched between layers of plastic so it stays crispy is released and and pressed against the rice at the last minute, and then you take the first bite and it's just perfect.
0: I think I really like. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I. I... I don't. uh, Gwen, I'm going to be honest. I I feel like I have not paid enough attention to food packaging other than when it doesn't work. I mean, the
1: Oreo one is a really good answer. The the
0: Oreo one is really good. And I also I'm thinking of, for instance, like the La Panzanella crackers that are made here Mm -hmm. in Seattle. Those have a peel and stick. And I often keep them around for eating with like cheddar cheese or something like as a snack. And I am always delighted when I open the cabinet and take them out and the sticky part is like still stuck down. Yeah. The crackers are fresh and the sticky part, like it's also, um, the Oreo peel and stick, the, the flap is almost a little thin. So you can, you can kind of almost like get it a little wrinkled and then the Mm, peel and and stick doesn't stick well or airtight. But when it does, So gratifying.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing, like, I'm going back onto like bad packaging. Like, when you open a box of cereal or crackers, like first you're supposed to pull the strip, and it never like pulls off correctly. There's even a strip, right? And then there's right, and then uh, there's like the little tab. And like, does that ever really work? Wait, what little tab? Like, like that, uh, you know, like on, you open Oops. a cereal box and like the tab is supposed to go into the little slot and you have to kind of like push the little slot open. And like, this, this is not a good system. Well, also,
0: why does it have this like plastic bag inside? Isn't there some better way?
1: It seems like there's got to be some better way. Because the
0: plastic bag, like either you have to just be really, you know, tidy about letting the air out and rolling it down. Although sometimes that makes the box bulge, which then makes the flap not... Not yep. go in, but if you happen to have multiple people in your household who eat cereal, at least sixty six percent of them are going to be incapable of properly rolling over the cereal bag of course, to keep I'm it from of, getting I'm, stale. I'm
1: a member of the sixty six percent.
0: You did a terrible job of rolling over the chip bag at my house. The of other course, day. You, I, I I don't understand. But anyway, yeah, why isn't this better?
1: I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, I think I think uh, listener Gwen and the and the other folks at GPI need to get on this.
0: Yes, or maybe they already are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank thank you, listener Gwen, for a great question. Maybe the
0: problem is is much more difficult than we imagine. Could be,
1: Molly. Do you have a now? But wow,
0: I sure do. So I received this book. Uh, oh,
1: I saw this book at your house the other day, yeah. but I didn't look at it because I was busy playing with your
0: baby. So full disclosure, I received this as a review copy from the publisher. Okay. Um, it's called More Than Cake, 100 Baking Recipes Built for Pleasure and Community by Natasha Pickowitz, okay. who is a uh, New York-based pastry chef. This book is, admittedly, there are, I think, a lot of things in it that I am not going to go to the trouble to Ooh, I just saw
1: espresso chocolate hazelnut cake go by, and that is my kind of cake.
0: I mean, like, there's just a lot of stuff, like yuzu and olive oil curd. I'm probably not going to make that. I
1: would eat that if someone else made it.
0: But on the other hand, there are some things that make me inspire me to like reach a little further than I usually would, like this passion fruit, like roulade type thing. This would not be like difficult to make. No, it's not
1: going to look as pretty as that when you make it, but it's going to be as tasty. But
0: it is gorgeous. Also, June has spent some real time thumbing through this book.
1: I love it so much when a kid... Picks, like, you know, flags recipes in a so, cookbook as my favorite thing. Here
0: we go. June has flagged toasted vanilla bean pound mm-hmm. cake with a little slip of paper that says Make soon. Oh, see, and what it's I, the best. What I really like about this recipe is so toasted vanilla pound cake doesn't sound particularly special, right?
1: No, I mean it sounds good, but not unusual.
0: This one has some corn flour in it in Ooh. addition to the like regular all-purpose
1: flour. What, what's going on in that picture? So
0: this is a slice of oh, it that toasted. has been toasted yes. in butter. Yes. Yeah. I really like the idea of this and I'm I'm excited to try it. It also has buttermilk and lemon juice in the pound cake. It's just I find myself really, even though I think a lot of the recipes are
1: Mm, cheddar oat cakes, more
0: complex than I usually go for when I'm baking. I feel really inspired for one thing by the tone of this book. I really like her whole vibe. Okay. And it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And uh, I also love that Natasha Pickowitz did a lot of bake sales for Planned Parenthood and has raised like Excellent. hundreds of, th- of thousands of dollars. Okay. For Planned Parenthood. Also, one other recipe I'm interested in is the cheddar oat cakes.
1: Yeah, it looks really good. Looks super good, it looks so good. right?
0: <laughs> So um, I think this book looks fantastic. Do I need another like baking book? No. Am I happy to have this? Absolutely.
1: No. Do I now have an idea for uh, for a gift for uh, wife of the show, Lori? Ooh, yes, I yes, do. Yes, you
0: do. Yes, you do. Okay. All right, Lori.
1: Don't listen to this episode.
0: Don't. We'll we'll, we'll mark this one not safe for Watson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what NSFW stands for. I'd be yeah. wondering. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Our producer is Abby Circatella.
0: Hey, you should talk with other listeners on our Reddit, which is.
1: Everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. That's right. And uh, yeah, you can like talk about like sandwiches you've dropped.
0: Yeah. Tell us about, I don't know, your accidental food inventions. Yeah,
1: tell it. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. We We dropped the show into a dumpster, but you can still listen. <laughs> I'm me, and I'm also me. Hmm.
0: <laughs> hmm. Well, I have a lot of questions. I mean, about like how you made this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I don't want to ask them yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This bun is such a poor approximation for French bread, and it's per- it's perfect.
1: Yeah. If but... you
0: had gotten like a quote-unquote real French baguette. Mm. It would be an abomination Mm. in this sandwich. Okay. Well, wow. Okay. Well, here we are.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.